0: It's
1: Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Darren Hefty.
0: Well, it's not quite the new year yet, but here we are on the last day of the year, and I'm thinking back to how 2021 went a little bit. But more than anything, I'm looking ahead to 2022, and I got to admit, I am super excited. So everybody's talking about, oh, higher input costs and stuff. Honestly, what I'm looking at is, number one, I got good potential for yield, and number two, we have good commodity prices. So hopefully it's the same for you on your farm. Hopefully you're excited about 2022. I, I I just feel like, as a farmer, you always have to stay positive. It's challenging some days, because there's always, it seems like, something against you, whether it's Mother Nature, or the grain markets occasionally, or the farm news, whatever, but we got to stay positive. Farming is a great profession. I'm super excited that I'm involved in agriculture and hopefully you are as well. So today on the show, again, it is Farmer Friday. We're going to answer your phone calls and your questions. If you'd like to call into the show today, it's 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743 or send us an email radio at agphd.com. We have a lot of questions that we need to get to, so let's jump right to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. All right, Brian. Uh,
1: first uh, question here. He said, as from Rusty, we were talking about nitrogen in corn and doing some yep. soil testing for nitrate. Yep. And he said... Uh, Five dollar soil test. Uh, fast forward to twenty twenty two, they're probably asking seventeen this year. Uh, <laughs> but you know what, Rusty? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's still roughly five dollars for these nitrate tests. But yep. man, did they really pay this year? They paid huge dividends on our farmers. We've been talking about all far all fall here.
0: Yeah. Now, when we talk about nitrate tests too, and we we should, if we haven't, we need to clarify this a little bit. So we will pull fall soil tests on our farm. Now fall to us may mean something totally different uh, on our farm compared to on your farm. So here's what I mean by that. For us, we don't get a lot of rain period. We have very heavy soil and we're soil testing shortly before the ground freezes up. So if I see, oh, there's a bunch of nitrate there, it's not going anywhere between now and next spring. When next spring rolls around, as soon as the frost comes out of the ground, we're planting almost immediately. So there is certainly a chance of loss before all the nitrate might get used up. But for us in our area, on our farm, we have very little risk of loss. Now, if you have light soils, you farm in Alabama, the ground never freezes. It, it's a different story. okay? But we are big believers in soil testing including testing for nitrate, because like this year and coming out of a drought year, well, coming actually out of two drought years, we have crazy amounts of carryover nitrogen, which is great because nitrogen hit an all-time high price now, so at least it saved us a whole bunch of money. I mean, like literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on our farm for nitrogen because we saw, hey, there's a bunch in that soil. And also, if you've ever heard this thing about, oh, you get a nitrogen credit for your soybeans, if you ever hear that, Just tell whoever told you that, um, that's garbage, that's made up, that is nonsense, that's fictional, that's completely just a guess. Okay. Now, if you want to guess at stuff, and here's what I often say, just think about this a little bit. How many dollars do you have at risk on the farm? I mean, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. If all you're going to do is guess at everything, you might as well go to Las Vegas or whatever other gambling spot and just go start throwing money around. My point is, we can be much more precise with that by doing soil tests. There's a lot at stake here. Do some soil tests, even coming out of soybeans. Because sometimes what we find is we have 10 pounds of nitrogen there. That's it. Not 40, 10. This year, we had some ground where it was 140 pounds of nitrogen. Again, not 40, 140. Well, if I got 140 versus 40... That's $100 an acre for nitrogen this year based on current nitrogen costs. So if I can save $100 an acre, I would like to know. All right, next question there, Dan. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm excited about this.
1: Well, you should be. You should
0: be. That's a big, big deal. It's huge dollars. All
1: right, you got a comment from TS, and he said... Uh, just want to r- remind everybody back in the 1980s what we had for choices to kill grass that escaped in our corn. And we were using atrazine at that time. We were using two pounds of atrazine. We'd put it out with clarity, and it worked great for us. Uh, yep. Just. It was just a comment that, that TS was making. Obviously, two pounds no. is the legal <laughs> limit of how much you could, the maximum amount you could put out.
0: Okay, there. okay. Now, when he says it worked great, let's in the keep early. 80s, in mind, so right. he's
1: talking about forty years ago. Now,
0: <laughs> right. How are your memories
1: from forty years ago? Because mine are, man, everything was <laughs> but, great. It was awesome. Yes, but, but
0: in reality, it might not have been. But here's the thing. He he said the one key statement. What did he say? He said the only thing. This is what we had that, and literally that was it. You had atrazine and the clarity. Now, part of the reason why the atrazine worked is because of the oils that are found in clarity. So it was basically like you could also do atrazine and yeah, crop they were oil. He said they're
1: putting crop oil. Yeah, he said they were putting okay. two quarts of crop oil with it too.
0: With the clarity? With the atrazine, he said. If he had cl- and clarity in the so tank,
1: atrazine and oil. Okay,
0: thank goodness. And he thank said goodness. for corn, if corn, clarity
1: they with, atrazine with like corn. Gosh. Yes. Yeah, you don't want to do clarity oh, with oil. Clarity that.
0: with oil. Yeah, you just smoked your corn, lost about 30 bushels. But anyway.
1: Oh, more than that.
0: Well, yeah, it all depends on how lucky you are. But um, my point here is you're comparing it against nothing. And I can compare almost anything versus nothing, and it looks great. But if I compare it against today's best thing, which is in Roundup Ready corn, it's Roundup. And Roundup kills 100% of the grass pretty much all the time. If I compare it to that, atrazine isn't going to look so good. Plus, you had to use two pounds. And at two pounds, you will have carryover the next year in most fields, most areas. Okay, not everywhere, but in most areas, you'll have carryover next year and maybe even the year after that. Plus, you have tremendous risk for the environment. It's too much atrazine to be applied. Atrazine has been found way too many times in the groundwater. We don't want that happening again. Otherwise, it's going to get banned. Just like Lorsban got banned recently here in the United States. We don't want to lose another herbicide. So please, if you're listening today, don't ever use two pounds of atrazine anymore. I realize years ago that's all we had. We have much better options today.
1: I had a comment from Nate. He said, everybody's talking about bailing up their ditches for hay. He goes, in our area, they're mowing it all the time, so we never get a chance to do so. Hey, thanks for the comment. It's Farmer Friday and Ag PhD Radio. We'll be right back. It came in waves, ruthlessly eliminating the toughest, hard-to-kill grassy weeds in wheat. Everest 3.0 Herbicide, a new formulation, delivers superior flush-after-flush control of wild oats and green foxtail. And Everest 3.0 is registered for use on yellow foxtail, barnyard grass, Japanese brome, and key broadleaf weeds that can invade your wheat and rob your yields. Ask your
2: retailer about Everest 3.0. Always read and follow label directions.
4: Do you have crop failures due to flooding, drought, or another event? You may need to consider a better burndown regimen. Adding just two ounces of New Farm Panther SC to your tank mix not only provides faster results, it provides residual that lasts. You gain flexibility to keep your cropping options open. Ask your dealer for Panther SC and get Panther Power in your tank.
1: Farmer Friday and Ag PhD radio and our phone lines are open throughout the show today at 844-44-AG-PHD. And you know, it's getting a little colder up here in the north, so uh, we'll bring on a fellow jackrabbit here. We've got our friend Brian. He farms in South Central South Dakota and ranches, I should mention. Brian, how are you doing today?
5: I'm doing great. A little chilly, but we're doing good.
1: All right, here's the question we always get, Brian, and you're the perfect guy to answer this. Uh, When it gets cold, how do the cattle do when it's cold and are there extra precautions that farmers and ranchers have to take?
5: Well, the cattle are very resilient in terms of the temperature. They can handle extreme temperatures, both very, very cold and very, very hot. The, the, The key thing is they have to have protection from the wind when it's really cold. Obviously, they have to have access to water. And for those cattle that we have out grazing yet, which we've got you know, close to a thousand bulls out grazing cover crops, you know, they do really well, but we supplemental feed them when it gets really tough.
1: You know, you mentioned the cover crop, and this is something too that, that a lot of folks are, are really starting to get into, but there's a lot to learn. You've been doing this for a long time. Uh, what do you like to have your, your cattle out on for, for cover? What, what's providing the best nutrition?
5: Well, the cover crops generally, guys, are very, very diverse mixes to begin with. You know, we we plant a lot of oats in our mixes. We can't plant any rye because we're certified seed growers. But we do, I would say, by poundage uh, of the 25 or so pounds of product we put out there, about two-thirds of it is oats. And then the rest is just a very diverse mix of brassicas, orange season grasses, uh, broadleaves. You know, so there's turnip radish, there's cacao pea, there's... Uh, vetch there's all kinds of different things out there so it was a tough tough summer to get them established we didn't get any rain until uh, mid mid to late august but we got a lot of rain in september so they really came on strong and they look great so we're going to be able to carry these cattle out here for quite a while probably till um, mid to late february
1: it's one of the things that i would say in our area i was really surprised by how well the survival is or how good the survival is with these cover crop mixes well into the fall and winter that that there's a long time he could be out there.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the amount of armor that's on the soil. So if you've got a real dense cover, dense residue mat there, it keeps that soil temperature relatively warm to the ambient temperature. So, it you know, that plant will stay, a lot of those plants will stay viable until 18 degrees. And then even on after that, they'll continue to, you know, hold nutrition and, and the roots actually will continue to you know, maintain biological activity on into the deep winter.
1: All right, Brian, uh, yesterday we were talking about resolutions for 2022 for our farm operations. What are your big resolutions going into 2022 for your operation?
5: Well, obviously the first thing that comes to my mind is the, the fertilizer costs and how they've really wildly gotten out of hand in the last several months. And so I've kind of rethought how we're going to handle our fertility program. First of all, We're low input anyway, so we're generally about 50 to 60% of what university would recommend. And so we're going to back off on our planter applied product and and shoot for more, uh, you know, side banding type thing as we get closer to, you know, a V5, V6, V7 range and just kind of see where we're at. Uh, We're also going to look at more foliar nutrition. Uh, And obviously biologicals are a very huge part of that. It's been a huge part of our program for many, many years since the mid-90s. So getting biological activity and applying biologicals is going to bring about more efficiency in that soil and bring about more use of what we already have in the system so we can apply less.
1: Yeah, the soil health and the entire systems approach, including what you're doing with your livestock, it's it's just been impressive watching what you guys do, Brian. Happy New Year to you and your family, and, and good luck heading into 2022.
5: Same to you guys. Best of work. best of luck to you in 22.
1: Bet, yeah, thanks. Let's head over to Western Illinois. I got Kevin on with us right now. All right, Kevin, how are you doing today?
3: Well, good afternoon, Darren, Brian, and Janelle. Happy new to New Year's to you.
1: Oh, happy New Year, Kevin. Uh, you know, we were talking yesterday about resolutions for the farm, and just kind of curious what what yours are. What do you got for goals coming into this next year, and and things that you're trying out, and and possibly some things you're hoping to change.
3: Well, <clears throat> first resolution: not to make the stupid mistake I made last year, <laughs> and you know things I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try on corn, uh, the Celeron elite package on the seed, uh i Um looking at the uh Escalate as well as uh the uh oh uh darn it uh <laughs> Escalate and uh well me me was totally resistant to this es- and uh Levo and so forth that I've run the Escalate and the levo in the past like it but I'm looking at treatments on the beans It's given more biologicals also. There you go.
1: Yeah, we're getting a lot of farmers that are sent talking about that, just more interested in, in trying some of those things out, and there's going to be quite a few offers out there for different biological products. Now, the seed treatment, you mentioned just trying to do a better job at, at seed treatment time. What did you see early this year? Did you see a lot of seedling disease, or are you just are hoping to get off to a better start?
3: No, I I had, uh, I had both my corn and my soybeans, both had excellent starts and excellent stands. I'm just trying to improve upon it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, oftentimes we're looking at, well, we failed here, so we got to do something better. But uh, that's that's wonderful when you can have something that's already working, but you just want to keep it being better. I, I like that.
3: Yep, yep. You know, it's uh, just the constant uh, experimenting with trying to find what will take you on that next step for a half a bushel or a bushel or whatever you can pick up without any additional cost, hardly.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of this, we've already got the cost laid out there for seed and so forth. We can get another few bushels out of it. That's that's fantastic. It's what we're looking at, too. How can we improve that return on investment? So, looking back at this year's crop, what what were some of the big things that stood out?
3: Uh, well, soybeans were the best ever raised, uh, Corn was down, and that was the stupid mistake I made at, at playing that caused that. Uh, it was a tough growing season. We had extreme heat. We had extreme drought. We had extreme wet, you know, and and uh, like most people around the country, and it was just kind of, a, kind of an unusual growing season. But uh, all in all, as mentioned, like your brother said, these higher commodity prices kind of came in and rescued us on this.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. We we like when we have good crop prices, but unfortunately that means we're going to have higher fertilizer prices and those types of things going forward. What do you hear going into this next spring now? Are suppliers in good shape in your area with with all things you need, or are you having trouble finding anything?
3: Well, fortunately, as far as uh, fertility and as far as my uh, fall in, in hydras, I had them all pre-bought before things went wild. I, I got in on it pretty reasonable. Uh Some of the supplies are short, especially when you're looking at some of the herbicides and fungicides, according to my uh, distributors here, it's like pulling teeth trying to find out what they're going to be having available this year and a pricing structure on them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We've, we've heard that around too. I, I do think there's going to be plenty of things to, to kill weeds and insects and stop diseases. It's just which exact product is it going to be? And I, I get it. If you don't know by now, when are you going to know? That's the, that's the frustrating thing. I know for us too, chasing down some parts has been a little more interesting than normal, but uh, we're kind of getting used to that now after the last couple of years here and and realize it's not just as easy as calling one person anymore we might have to call a couple extras just to to see what everybody's got and compare some notes well Kevin uh, anything else you yeah. wanted to talk about today that I'm skipping over
3: nope just want to say uh wish everybody a happy new year and uh you know like you guys say just march forward we'll make her you
1: bet you bet well thanks so much Kevin happy new Year
3: you too.
1: Thank you. Brian, Get one that came in from Tom. He said, uh, I'm noticing when crops are left out over the winter, it's almost always corn, hardly ever soybeans. Just wondering, is there a reason why soybeans aren't left out? or soybeans yep. more susceptible to loss than corn?
0: Absolutely. So this is one of the things that we often talked about on our farm each fall, because occasionally you would see somebody doing beans or sorry, corn before beans and our dad would get so worked up by that, he's like, what are they doing? You gotta get the beans out, because it might snow any day, and then we're gonna lose a bunch of them. So you know what percent you're gonna lose varies tremendously. But yes, as a general statement, there is more risk of having snow cover on soybeans and loss versus snow on the corn.
1: It's Farmer Friday on today's Ag PhD radio show, and our phone lines are open at 844. 844- 44 Ag PhD, we'll be right back.
2: Heat, drought, wind, hail, northern corn leaf blight, gray leaf spot. If your corn is under stress, you are too. Get Veltima fungicide, swift activity with fast payback, an expanded application window, makes life simple and it's the secure choice with powerful residual for visibly healthier corn swift simple secure Veltima fungicide call your BASF rep today always read and follow label directions Veltima fungicide is not registered in all states
4: this message is for all the corn and soybean growers out there who aren't made of money if you're using a fungicide other than Zolera FX from UPL you should know that no corn and soybean fungicide gives you a better return on investment period Zolera FX has two high-performance actives delivered at full rates for maximum performance and ROI in corn and soybeans. To see the data, go to zolerafx.com and always read and follow label directions.
2: Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people, and we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com.
1: How do you make 300 bushel corn on your farm? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. On Tuesday, February 1st, we're going to answer that question at a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll talk about water management, fertility needs, finding success in cold soils, and discuss how to protect your corn crop from weeds, insects, and diseases that rob your yield potential. If you want a roadmap to 300 bushel corn and beyond, don't miss the free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop. Register now at agphd.com.
2: The first name and last word in weed control and heavier, higher organic soil types is Authority Edge Herbicide from FMC. This proprietary combination of actives outperforms the competition, delivering up to 14 more days of residual control. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions.
6: Authority Edge Herbicide may not be registered for sale or use in all states.
1: Thanks for listening to Ag PhD Radio today on a Farmer Friday. We would love to hear from you if you have an agronomic question or want to talk about what's happening on your farm or what you're looking forward to going into 2022. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Let's head out to Montana. We've got Greg on from a cold, cold state right now. Greg, how are you doing? Good, Darren. Good,
7: good. No wind, so we're thankful.
1: Yeah. Boy, that wind makes a big difference. We were talking to to uh, to Brian in central South Dakota and he's got a bunch of cattle out on cover crop and stuff right now. And he said, you know, as long as we can keep them out of the wind and keep water to them, we can do pretty good. That that wind chill was pretty harsh. I, I know that.
7: Yeah, it's brutal. But yeah, water's important. Yeah, good water. Yeah.
1: So how'd, how'd you close out the year? Did you guys turn out okay? Did you catch any moisture out there this year? Well, we had a total of three
7: and three and three quarters inches of rain went into winter, very dry, but, uh, yeah, no, the, the big plus was the prices. We got about a third of a crop of, we normally, but good quality, good protein, good test weight, uh, um, early harvest never, uh, never held up for, for moisture or dew. Uh, you could cut all night if you wanted to. Um, but yeah, no, it, uh, thank goodness uh I tell my son thank God for federal crop uh, <laughs> yeah um yep this year, but yeah, no it's uh all in all uh yep yeah, it uh, we're dry, we got about five to eight inches of snow, and it blows every direction depending on what your day it is but uh the pastures are 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 in really dire need, but uh the bright spots, uh, the, the, the grain market right now, you know.
1: Uh, yeah. So. And, and we can turn this around too. Like you say, we can get some snow cover here. Oh, we absolutely. can catch a, a good early spring rain and uh, all of a sudden things can, yeah. can turn around and hurry. We're, we're fairly dry too. Yeah. We've, we've gotten some fall rains, but it just is soaked in the top few inches. You dig down much. It's, it's dry down there. So we're, we're in a spot where we could sure use a little bit of rain going into the spring too. Yeah.
7: And even uh, the little bit that we had, uh, the crop varied just from one mile to the other. It was must have just caught caught a little bit of more rain at the right stage and really surprised us. Uh, So, but yeah, Yeah. and and we've had in the in the eighties and early nineties we had uh, situations similar to this and caught timely rains and had a had a very successful year. So keep right our fingers crossed,
1: Bray. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And it's good to be able to look back and say, you know, we've been through this before. It it, it turned out okay and, and sure there's gonna be some years here and there that it's tough. But you're right, we got yeah. crop insurance right now. We got yeah. decent crop prices and if uh if we could raise something great, we got a good shot. And if we can't, well, we got insurance to try to help us through.
7: Yeah, that's what it's there for. So, how
1: about with the tax planning, Greg? This year, you know, it makes it a little tricky when the input costs are up and and there's tight supplies on a lot of stuff. Did it change anything for you? Do you do a lot of prepaying before the first, or do you do a lot of your business after the first?
4: Well, we
7: we've, we've we've got we've pretty much got most of our glyphosate and uh, uh, our spring wheat the spring wheat chemicals bought. Uh, um, uh, our, our, the people we buy our chemicals from, uh, have assured us that we will, will have the rest of it. And I went to a chemical meeting here two weeks ago, uh, different, different supplier and they, they said things could be tight. So, uh, the fertilizers are a big concern. We haven't pre-bought any fertilizer, um, hoping it might go down, Uh but, uh, uh, that's our big thing. We've done some soil testing, uh, not as much as we've done in the past. But uh, anyway, we haven't got those back yet uh, to see where we're at.
1: Well, so, we got a little bit of time before we're going to be out doing a whole lot of that work uh, as we're heading into right. the cold months of the winter here. But, yeah, it's good Good talking to you, Greg. Uh, glad glad things turned out okay this yeah, year, even though you're a bit dry. And, and good luck. You're heading into the spring.
7: I got one more. Question oh, sure, for you. sure. Go ahead. I I was approved. I, I know. I talked. I've been to a couple of your tiling clinics. Uh, I got approved for 19 acres of tiling. I bought my tile this fall and went and picked it up. Um, I had a gentleman lined up from uh, Wyoming that was going to do the had who had the plow. I've got the tractor and backhoe um, and uh, got a, all, everything but the plow. Um, having a tough time I I, I can't see justifying uh, a plow for and I'm sure uh, we may be doing some more in the future but uh, would like to definitely get this 19 acres in Uh, would have been a perfect fall for it as dry as it is there the places that I'm trying to to drain uh, it's the first year I've been able to go totally through it in seven years and uh, to work that down. Uh, so uh, it, what's your recommend? I'm, I'd be curious to see what. I've been trying. I've been online looking for some to rent. Um, yeah,
0: pretty tough. Tough to find those.
7: What What's your recommendation?
0: Greg, that is kind of a tough one. This is Brian. And I, w- I would just say I, I talk to a lot of people all over on tiling. And you run into this in areas where tiling isn't as popular as others. So you got a couple options. One, you just keep searching the country to try to find somebody who can come and do your work for you. Otherwise, you certainly could buy a plow and then just go ahead and resell it. The the market for used equipment... is as hot as it's probably ever been so that's kind of how we looked at things even when we got our plow at first on our farm it's like okay well we want to do some and let's just see worst case scenario we'll just sell the plow off and and we go from there now and I don't know if you have any interest in this or not because I've talked to several people about this side of it too once you put some tile in chances are there might be a few people that you know that go, yeah, I got this spot. I should probably tile. Well, if you own a tile plow, then you can go do that work for them. So that's what we ended up doing on our own farm. We did work for a few neighbors. And sometimes when you're doing this tile stuff, the drainage doesn't start or stop on your property. So you kind of have to get along with the neighbor there. And if you got your own plow, Mm -hmm. it's much easier and cheaper and quicker to just throw that in. So I know it costs money, but I'm just saying you could invest the money that way and worst case scenario or a year or two from now, you go, nope, I'm all done. That's as much as I ever want to do. Then you just sell it off and y- y- you take whatever loss you're going to have on it. But the flip side is at least you'd be able to get the work done quicker. Right, right.
7: Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay, well, we'll keep looking for good, good time <laughs> in the winter.
0: Good thing to do. All right. Good luck yeah. there, Greg.
1: Thank you. Happy New Year.
0: Yep. Love your show. Yep, happy New Year. Thanks a lot.
8: Appreciate it.
1: Sit down to Iowa. Get Gary on with us right now. Gary, how are you today?
8: Uh, good. Uh, it's a nice day here, but I guess we got some unpleasant weather coming, if you want to believe the forecast.
1: <laughs> well, I see some little white things in the air flying around on our farm right now, so that might be heading your way.
8: Yeah, we had five inches here a few days ago, but uh sounds like the heavy stuff they're predicting here over the weekend is supposed to go to our south because we're quite north of Iowa. So. Do, you,
1: do you guys need the moisture? How are you sitting? Uh,
8: comfortable. Um, I mean, we were extremely dry last year. Uh, in June, our corn looked like pineapples, um, and uh, we were really frustrated, was concerned. Uh, we're dairy also, so we had about 300 acres of silage, and I was really concerned whether it was even going to have any corn silage. But uh, it's amazing how the year turned out when it was all said and done, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. So any big changes for next year? Or any big resolutions going into 2022?
8: No, I, 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 we're struggling more than any other year as to what our crop mix might be uh, and what the cost is going to be to put things in. Um, we struggled with some chemistry, but we didn't make any changes. We're sticking with uh, pretty much dicamba on beans just because our supplier says, we can guarantee you what you bought last year. Um, so if we switched to like enlist or something like that, uh, there was no guarantee we could find someone that could get us the products that we needed, as far as chemicals. So uh, we stuck with what we've done in the past on the beans. Uh, we've got things ordered, uh, and we'll see how nitrogen becomes available because we do not use anhydrous, we're all liquid, thirty-two percent banded with the planter. So spring uh, time will determine uh, either the price of the end or availability the end and uh, whether we make any additional changes. So,
1: Yeah, when supplies are tight, it's tough to make big changes. Gary, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being on. Happy New Year to you as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now, You can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus rewards. Visit mybayerplus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details.
4: Weeds rob you of yield potential, so rob them of the chance to grow with powerful corn herbicide solutions from Corteva AgriScience. Weeds won't know what hit them, but you will. Because you can count on all the top corn herbicide products, including Resicor, SureStart2, and Keystone NXT, to effectively control weeds, you can spend less time worrying about unwanted yield-robbing plants and power on. Learn more at poweroverweeds.com slash power. Keystone NXT is a restricted-use pesticide.
1: How can you make more profit from your soybeans this year? I'm Darren Hefty giving the answer to that question at a free Ag PhD soybean agronomy workshop. It's Tuesday, February 15th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll dive deep on topics such as pest control, resistance issues, herbicide traits, fertility, cleaning up white mold, and more. If you want to make raising beans more lucrative and fun, you don't want to miss the free Ag PhD soybean agronomy workshop. Learn more at agphd.com. And while you're there, Check out the other Ag PhD events we have coming up in January and February, including agronomy workshops in corn and wheat, a tiling clinic, two days dedicated to soils, plus a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. There's a lot of great information here, and we can't wait to share it with you. To learn more about these events and register, go to agphd.com.
6: Farming is probably the most natural thing for a person to do. It taught me how to take pride in my work, how to put something ahead of myself, whether it was getting up early to feed the livestock or working late to bring in the harvest. Farming taught me to give it my best, no matter the job. My name is Tanner. I'm a farmer. I work for Case IH. Case
4: IH. Built by Farmer.
2: Conditioning low-moisture beans to 13% can add semi-loads to your bottom line. And with our 13 for 13 year-end special, make 13% beans possible with 13% off an end-zone bin system. Use promo code 13for13 13 13 at farmshopmfg.com.
0: Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio on a Farmer Friday, last day of the year. If you'd like to call in, the number's 844-44-AG-PHD. Or if you want, you can send us an email, radio at agphd.com. We're going to jump right back to the phone lines. Got Gordon calling in from Michigan, I believe. Right, Gordon?
9: That is correct,
0: yeah. All right. I uh, so, uh... How you doing today? You got big plans for the. It's another the, warm state. For New Brian. Year's Brian. Eve. You're all the, yeah, everybody <laughs> we're
1: talking to today is from a warm state, so I think we're all inside.
0: We're supposed to hit thirty below <laughs> windshield tonight. Hit thirty-four.
9: So. Yeah, it's thirty-four Woo. here. It's,
1: thirty-four it's degrees. Awesome. See, we had oh, that. Yeah. We had that yesterday. We had. We had a warm up. A one-day warm up. Yep.
9: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> hey, it's just nice to know you guys didn't call it quits for the day earlier or something like everybody else around here's done you know yeah you know this <laughs> I is tried, i tried to go down to the napa store to get something and they were closed already oh yeah i right? must have to go home and take a nap so they stay up till midnight or something
0: you know, you know gordon in all seriousness what i get unbelievably frustrated at is this is the busiest time for a lot of farmers when they're looking at their books because obviously it's the end of the fiscal year and you got decisions to make. I mean, we're doing it on our farm today too. And so I I get frustrated because sometimes there are things we need to know from, let's say it's one of the ag chem manufacturers or seed companies or whatever and you can't get a hold of the people you want to get a hold of. And I'm like, why do you let these people take a vacation then? So anyway, we could go on. but I think I've had a... Vacation mind for
9: the last two weeks. I think. So, <laughs> anyways, all right. well, when oh, they don't,
1: when they don't have anything, Gordon, when there's shortages and supply issues, that's probably easier. Yeah, they, they answer they, the
0: phone and telling people, yeah, "Sorry, right. I don't know." They, yeah, they want to skip town. But I know all right, you had some questions for us today, Gordon. What can we do for you?
9: Yeah, um, Alpha Complete. I, I haven't. You know, it could be I just missed it, but I haven't heard you guys talk about it much lately. Is it still showing to be a you know give a good return on an investment, a good ROI?
0: Yeah. So that was one of the things. It was a newer uh, combination that we ended up working with last year with some proven products inside it. So it's basically a combination of a couple water treatment things, which we often. So let me step back. For anybody that's listening, we talk a lot on the show about biological products, or as we often call them, natural products. And one of the big things you have to know is if you're going to use anything that has live microbes, you got to be really careful with your water source. So if it is municipal water... A lot of the hard water is out of there, but the problem is you have chlorine. And if you don't neutralize that chlorine, your stuff is dead. So there's a product called Bioprep that's part of this Alpha Complete. This Alpha Completes five different things. It's like five things in one box. And then even if it's, let's say, well water, you have to worry about the hard water elements. And that's where we've got another water right. treatment thing in there, Waterite. Right? So anyway, on top of that, you got Nutex, which is basically fulvic acid and some zinc you got microcycle which is live microbes and you got boost 10 which is some um, amino acids so anyway that's what the combination is and yes that did show up pretty well this year in the research we were looking at and we're still talking to more farmers that were trying that out but we 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 will always tell everybody you know try stuff on a small scale on your farm there are a lot of new things to try every year but this is something that was pretty exciting that we did at uh, as an in treatment and we got really good response in corn. I don't know about beans, Darren. How was the how was bean response with uh, the Alpha Complete this it was, year? It remember? was good too.
1: And I think yep. you made the key point there, Brian. It's the water treatment options, and even the university level research that was done uh, showed the water quality made such a big difference on a lot of these microbial products. Where they treated yeah. water and used a microbe versus where they didn't treat the water, it was it was night and day. It was a big big difference. So a lot of these products yeah. that have been tested over the last ten. Years, some of the testing depending on now many of the universities are using a distilled water source yeah, or something like good. that, yep. and then then the things worked fine, but they couldn't figure out why we were getting such inconsistent results. And man, it was yeah. it was pretty eye
0: opening. And it only costs about thirty cents to treat water, so it's no big deal. So anyway, yes, uh, we did we did see pretty good response from that.
9: Does it uh, uh, play well with Zyway? I think I've heard you guys say that you you saw some very good results with Zyway, and I think you said you're also applying it in furrow, so I'm just wondering how those two products work together.
0: Okay, so what Zyway is, it's the same thing as TopGuard fungicide. It's a trizol, and this is something that came out from FMC last year. So there are two things I'll tell you with it. Number one, nothing plays well with fungicide in in an in-furrow type situation because you're dealing with so little water, it doesn't mix very well. So for example, if I wanted to go spray a foliar fungicide and throw some biologicals in, I go, oh yeah, no problem. Um, It's really no big deal. Even if it's a, a live fungus if you just talk to the manufacturer of the the biological product and make sure they've run tests with that fungicide, not every fungicide kills every fungal species that would be beneficial. But anyway, in terms of the mixing ability, mixing is a real problem. Just like when Headline came out a number of years ago in terms of an in-furrow application – we basically had to tell people, look, we can't find anything that we can safely mix with it. Otherwise, you end up with a, a sludge in your tank. Stuff plugs up. It just—it's a nightmare. And I'm going to tell you the same thing about XYWAY. If you want to run XYWay, run, run Zyway. If you run around Alpha Complete or you know anything else fertilizer, whatever, you got to keep that separate. So there is a Xyway LFR that's liquid fertilizer ready that can go with fertilizer, but that does not mean it can go with biologicals or anything else. So I would, I okay. test that first. I'm not very comfortable with that. So no, I'd probably run a separate system if I was going to do Zyway and something, you know, any microbial like an alpha complete.
9: Were you doing it? In that, were there a 3d system then? Is that
0: how you were doing it? Um, we, let's see. We yes. did someone, did we do any LFR? I think we did three, only we, 3d.
1: Well, we, we've got, we've got a thrive 3d system. Yeah, so we, so we that, have, that's a whole different... We're set up for so both. So when, you, when you mention that, uh, I mean, just for anybody listening... Uh, there there is a Thrive 3D system that turns that product into a foam and where they did that they had great coverage in the furrow they had zero issues with that it worked great uh, but but yes if you're going to be doing other things and you're already set up with a, an in-furrow system to put liquid on you could do something different through that system and do that foam system yeah, potentially.
0: our concern is always if you're going to do Xyway LFR and it's going to be in-furrow you want to keep it off the seed if you have any separation that's all we need we just need some soil in between the zyway and the seed because what can happen with all trizols is they can reduce the amount of gibberellic acid that's produced early on in that plant meaning you could have slightly delayed emergence or slightly slower growth early on doesn't seem to hurt yield but people don't like the look of it when your stand is just a little bit uneven right away so just keep it off the seed and then zyway is fine
9: I think uh, two by two it's You yep. might have to use a higher rate, but that's been effective as well. Correct?
0: Yes. Yep. Yep. It has. Correct. Yeah.
9: So maybe if if that was the case, I mean I can do both. I sure. two by two by two and inferral so I could do the alpha yeah. complete in inferral and then the xyway yep. with my fertilizer. Absolutely. So what is what is the shelf life of alpha, alpha Alpha Complete? I mean if I if I had some and I didn't get it use, all used up this year and it's still in the box, was never opened up. Would it still be good next spring?
0: Boost tens long, new Texas long, water rights long, preps long. What yeah, is it on the only, a microcycle? The only, thing
1: would be, the only thing would be the microcycle. I believe it's a two-year shelf
0: life. Yeah, but... I'm 99% sure it's at least 18 months, if oh, not great. 24 months. Great. So, yep, you should be fine.
9: Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks a lot for your time. I
0: appreciate it. And um, you guys have a happy New Year. You bet. Okay. Happy New Year to you, Gordon. Thanks, thanks for Gordon. calling in. Appreciate it.
1: All right, Brian, we got a soil test that came in from Tim that he's in southern Wisconsin, young farmer there, and uh, just bought a farm, and he's looking to do some improvement. He said his goals: <laughs> he would like to correct the pH, build organic matter, and improve CEC of the soil. Now, uh, here's the challenge. We've got uh, a big variance in the soil texture out there. So we got a yep. sandy hill that runs through part of it. But, Brian, when you look at the sandy hill... That's where there's the most organic matter up on that sandy hill. Now, he said he's been no till or using cover crops on that hilltop. No. But no, the- I
0: don't I don't see that, Darren. It's a very small amount of organic matter in the sandy hill. Oh. I think well, I think unless you're well, I don't think... Okay, so here's the deal. You have it drawn in as Sandy Hill, but that's your writing, isn't it not? That's me. Yeah, okay. So anyway, he's got three spots on here that are basically, let's call it seven or eight cation exchange capacity. That's where the Sandy oh, oh, Hill is. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, sorry, sorry. You're right. And, the lowest and there's organic low, matter. Right. That makes low sense. organic that makes matter, sense, yes. of course. Yes. So anyway, what's the, your
1: qu- what's the question? In the low flat ground, they've been doing some tillage. So his question, uh, and we got a few of these, and we'll get to, to most of this after the break. He's curious about the pH. and and what kind of correction you would do there. Uh, And also he's looking to plant soybeans on the farm, just wondering what he should be watching out for or thinking about for nutrients, and then what you'd do, of course, if it was your farm.
0: Wait, and did you say he just bought this? Yep, just bought this. All right.
1: All right, Tim, we'll have an answer for you coming up right after this. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio.
6: What do you think of when you hear Palmer amaranth or water hemp? If you use Fierce herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like water hemp and palmer amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions.
2: Precision crop nutrition pays.
1: How can natural products help you raise bigger and better crops? I'm Darren Hefty. In recent years, natural products have exploded onto the market claiming to improve soil health and plant development. But what's right for your farm? That's why we're devoting a full day to our first ever Ag PhD Naturals Workshop. It's Wednesday, February 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of natural products. We want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. While you're there, check out other Ag PhD events we have coming up in January and February, including agronomy workshops in corn, soybeans, and wheat, a tiling clinic, two days dedicated to helping you understand soils and making your own fertility recommendations, and much more. There's great information here that we want to share with you. So to learn more about these events and register, go to agphd.com. There's a lot of great information here, and we can't wait to share it all with you. To learn more about these events and register, go to agphd.com. We now
7: bring you an important news bulletin.
1: This just in
2: from Live Action News.
4: Innovation has come to the world of burndown.
0: New Elevor herbicide controls your toughest weeds, even glyphosate and ALS resistant weeds like mare's tail and henbit. Talk with your retailer about Elevor herbicide today, and ask how you can start elevating your burn down.
2: It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them with the Bayer Plus Rewards program. You earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products, and it keeps getting smarter because now. You can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus rewards. Visit mybayerplus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details.
1: You're listening to Ag PhD Radio on Farmer Friday, broadcasting from the Morton studio, and we got a couple of these that came in with uh, farmers buying their first farms or young farmers picking up a piece of ground. And you know what, Brian, every time I see on an email, hey, I'm a young farmer, I just picked up my first piece of ground, or I'm I'm picking up a new piece of ground here to farm this year, almost every time the soil tests look pretty challenging it's not I like do. they're getting the best ground or that uh, oh. somebody set them up for success here. So uh, I do appreciate getting getting the good soil sampling done. I think that's absolutely the first step. If you said, hey, I picked up a new farm, I would say get it soil sampled. Sample on the smallest grids you can so we can really start working on it.
0: Okay, so the first thing we always talk about is soil pH. He only has one that's like way out of whack, at 5.5, and it's in a light spot, 7.7 CEC. So he only needs a splash of... Lime to get that pH above six and should be in good shape. Oh, and I should ask, darren was this corn and soybeans mostly corn? What was it? uh It must have been corn. He said he's going soybeans next year. Okay, but anyway, here, here's so the pH for the most part isn't bad. Here's the problem: your p and k are horrible. I mean, just atrocious. Sorry, but it is what it is. So you got one percent.
1: Brand and I have both picked up ground like that Tim. So don't think you're right. in the minority on this. Right.
0: So whatever. And, and and so here's the deal. It it all depends on your cash position and you have to be smart about how you spend money too. So just as an example, Darren and I have farmed for about 30 years. So we're in a good cash position today versus how we were 30 years ago. So 30 years ago, I would have handled this differently. Here's how I would have handled it 30 years ago when I had no money. I would have just said, look, i got to be in a build program on P and K till I get to my ultimate goal of whatever I want it to be, and we'll go from there. All right? So that's our suggestion to you. I'd look at what's my crop removal. I'd put on, you know, 50% more than that, 100% more than that, whatever you can afford, and keep building up the P and the K. Now today, how we handle it is when I get a new piece of ground, I just say, well, the heck with it. I'm, I'm looking at tile and I'm looking at fertilizer as long-term expenses and I'm going to build her up and I'm going to have it over with right off the bat. So whatever I have to pay for the land, I mean, it's already going to be painful enough, but it's like, well, I'm going to spend another, whatever it amounts to $300, $500 on tile. And then I'm going to spend another probably $300, $500 on fertilizer and just get it up to speed and have it over with. And then I reap the rewards after that. But like I say, you can do the other plan. That'd be my suggestion for you. Just be in a build program and you're going to be fine. It's, it's okay. You'll still get most of the gain that I would by putting it all on in one shot. Now, my other concern for you is I don't have any micronutrient levels here that I can see. Um, yeah, I'm just looking through just to make sure that I didn't miss anything, but I don't see zinc, I don't see boron, I don't see copper, manganese, iron, and for that matter, I don't even see sulfur. So I I, I want to see what those other things are so then I know, hey, should I be investing at least a few dollars into that? But yeah, I, I, I hate to give you the bad news, but your P&K are just, they're, they're really, really bad.
1: All right. Well, thanks for the question, Tim. Uh, I got a similar one here, Brian. This one, there's more than one field here. Uh, this now, one. Now, it's,
0: it, it's New Year's Eve, Darren. And can we can we leave some guys with some happy thoughts? Do you have some good soil tests for me? Well, or? yeah. No, here's okay. here's no, what no, I'd say uh,
1: we pick up ground like this, Brian. We do the same thing. We pick up <laughs> we ground do. in the same thing. And you know what? Uh, if, like you say, if you've got an unlimited budget, you could turn it around in three or four years. If, if you don't, it just takes a little bit longer, but guess what? 20 years from now, this is going to be fantastic ground. You're going to do great on this. Oh,
0: and I, I, I got to go back to that last question that we just talked about. And we have some ground exactly like this, where literally there's a seven or eight CEC, so really light ground. And then there's also a 20 to 25 CEC, on a good portion of the ground so a field like that is where you really need variable rate for everything so you don't want to put near the especially the leachables i'm not too worried about p and k and stuff like that that isn't going to leach but when we talk nitrogen sulfur boron you you gotta put on different rates and the other thing is planting population so like on our farm if we're down to a 7, 9 CEC, we got a little bit of that ground, we'll literally cut her down to 18,000 plants per acre on corn. And if I have a 25 or 26, that has ample fertility We're going to be 30,000 plus, maybe even 34,000 plus. When your fertility levels are this low, even on what you're going to call your good ground, your heavy ground, don't even think about getting even near 30,000. 24,000 is about all you can plant right now because you got no K. And if you have no K, you have no stock. And you have no stock, that means it lodges when you get a little breeze of 40 miles an hour and your corn goes down, you're going to go, oh, no, the variety is terrible. No, the variety isn't terrible. You just don't have any K in your soil. And it's fine. You still get decent yields by planting 24,000, but don't plant 30 and don't even think about planting over 30 or your corn will go down. Okay, let's go to this next question, Darren. What was it?
1: All right. So this one comes in from Brad in Northern Illinois. He said, younger farmer here seems like most every farm I pick up is a project. Here are soil tests from a couple different farms. The first one I've had for a few years didn't necessarily pay attention to the higher pH levels on the northern half of the farm. The soil in those areas is an eroded clay Now, typically we see high pH in our low peat or old wetland ground, but this one's from erosion. Said previous farmers were just flat spreading lime every so often. That didn't help anything here. So trying to decide if it would be worthwhile to spread elemental sulfur on these spots at five or 600 pounds a year for a few years, or just let them naturally come down. There is some tile out there. These aren't typically wet spots. That'd be the first thing. Now, what did you see for pH, brand? It looked to me like the high was maybe seven five, seven six, something like that in the hot areas.
0: Uh, I don't know that. It, do I even see that? Oh yeah, on this one. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, you, you got a few spots. No, I I don't. No, I wouldn't get that worried about my elemental still, sulfur thing.
1: Yeah, you can Here's, still yield quite well there.
0: Yeah, you're gonna be fine. So if you're seven five, seven six, you're not in bad shape, and you have to look at okay, if pH is off. That means something's wrong with my nutrients. So what's wrong with my nutrients? I'm trying to look through on one of these other ones where I have a more complete test to to give you an example. Um, let's see. Do I find it? Okay. So all right, here we go. All right. So seven six. So I'm looking at at this one that's got seven six for pH, and I I go over and I see. It's only 10 for cation exchange capacity. So that means we're right on the edge of a hey, this is fairly light ground. But then I look at I'm only at 2.3% base saturation potassium. 2.3. You got 184 pounds, not parts per million, pounds of K. And I say, whoa. Uh, we just flat out do not have enough K out there. So if you get your K up, you're going to be in in better shape, and your pH will probably start to come down and, over time. And some of this then, is
1: super high mag too, and that
0: magnesium well, is really pushing that, that pH yeah, even higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's to light, to 41%. it's light, it's lightish ground. So don't get too worried about it. You're going to need it's some 41% sulfur. Forty-one
1: percent mag.
0: Well, I got one, I'm looking at 36. But yeah, but if it's light ground, Darren, I'm just saying you can fix that easy. It doesn't take many pounds of anything. At 7.6 pH, I'm gonna put on a little bit of gypsum. You're at six, like on this one, for example, it's 61% calcium. I'd probably put on just a little bit of gypsum. Don't get carried away, but every year for my sulfur source, I'd pick gypsum because that gets me some calcium, which will lower your magnesium percentage. But but here's where I'm going with this. You have a nutrient imbalance. You don't have near enough phosphorus in the soil, you get 60 total pounds. You, I, I mean, like on my farm, I'd like to have about 600. Uh, I'd I'd like at least two or 300 but anyway I'm just saying you're really low on on phosphorus and you're really low on potassium you start building P and K and you get even just a little bit more calcium out there you're going to see the pH start to come down your magnesium percentage will start to come down and you're going to be in better shape but to Darren's point magnesium raises soil pH roughly 1.6 to 1 compared to calcium so if you push the calcium higher the magnesium percentage will go lower and you will find over time, things are going to start straightening out for you.
1: All right. Thanks for the question, Brad. If you got any follow-ups, of course, let us know. Uh, I want to get to this one quick before we get done, Brian. Uh, this came from Diego down in Argentina. He said, we've got creeping oxides. It's in the sunflower family, but it's got rhizomes. It's a perennial ground creeper. Uh, What can you do? How can you stop it? We're losing a lot in the worst spots of fields and on the endrows. And just looking it up, Diego, it looks like glyphosate is effective on that one. So as long as glyphosate can kill it, you've got to kill it. But here's the big thing with any of those perennials with rhizomes, and especially ones that can start from restart from pieces of stem like this one can. You've got to leave it intact, do no tillage, and spray the Roundup over there so you get great coverage over it so you can wipe it out 100%. Any other solutions you've got, Brian? Is
0: that a broadleaf? Yes. Yeah. So perennial. status. Yeah, I know. Status will ding it up pretty well. In corn. Yes, in corn. So, I mean, you can ding it up also with 2,4 D dicamba in crops or areas where you can use that. But when it's a perennial, that's where Darren really likes the Roundup, and I agree.
1: All right, thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. Happy New Year to everyone, and thanks for listening to Ag PhD Radio. Be sure to join us again each weekday coming up in 2022.